Hello, everybody. Welcome to another special episode of American Billiard Radio. We seem to be doing quite a few of them this week. Um, tonight, I am joined by Cindy Lee. Cindy is the CEO of Dragon Promotions, and they are the promoter that is putting on the Women's International 10-Ball Championship. Did I get that right, Cindy? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, I, I, we don't need to rehash the article and the interview with Ian and all that can you tell me in in your words how we got to where we are? Um, I would have to say, just very simply put, it's the lack of communication. Um, it's the you know it's the inability of many people um, not willing to go ahead and discuss and compromise and find a solution. And I, I think that pretty much narrows it down. Okay, uh, a lack of communication, because on the surface, this appears to be a WPA versus Dragon Promotions issue. Uh, are you saying it's a lack of communications between you and the WPA, or are we talking about other parties? Um, I would have to say it's between ourselves and the WPA and the BPA. Um when we first decided to go ahead and move forward and do the event, um, this was back in, I believe, right around June, we had contacted and Ian contacted us about renewing our contract, which was which we were thrilled about. Um, actually, maybe it was before even June. We had, um, we had had discussions. We had talked about added money. Um, everything was going great. And at that point, you know, we needed to go ahead and secure our sponsors. And when we made our visit to Asia to go ahead and secure the sponsors, um, the discussions that we had back in the previous year when we ended the event, um, those discussions were very different at that point. And we were notified at that point that they were unable to come on as our major sponsor. And that took a little bit of time. Um, we tried to keep the WPA in the loop of you know what we're doing and why we needed a little more time. And we had to break the bad news to them. And it was heartbreaking. Um, we had five years of great relations, putting on great events. Um, and the event grew. I mean, I think um, hopefully, you know, a lot of women feel this way. Um, I feel that a lot of ladies love to play in our event. It's a different atmosphere. Um, and, you know, you're treated differently. And I hope they felt like they, they were treated differently. And when we were, when we couldn't move on, you know, we did notify them that we couldn't move on and that we would continue with a women's event, um, and specifically in an email to them. Once we decided uh, several months ago that we wanted to do the event here in the state, um, and one of the reasons why we wanted to come to the state was my extensive conversations with Skip, and um, who is the WPA representative for the U.S., and, you know, he and I have had, you know, many conversations about how, you know, there's tournaments lacking here. And so we, meaning Charlie and I, understood that we knew what our budget was. And we said, okay, we have to do what we have to do with the budget that we have. This is the economy that we're in. This is the situation that we're in. Um, so, and this is what we can do for the state or do it in the state. So that's why we decided to do it here. And at that point, we contacted the WPA and we contacted the WPBA because we wanted to work with everybody. And that was my job. 
my job was to go ahead and discuss with them to see what could, what could they do to help us in getting the event done. You know, at the end, the WPBA, we were able to come to terms and they were able to sanction the event for us. And at the end, we were told by the WPA that they couldn't do anything for us because we didn't meet the requirements um, in their guidelines. And that was the end of our conversation with them. And I, have, I have, didn't speak with them at all. Um, and pretty much after that, I didn't speak with them until, and this is a long story now, <laughs> um, until the letter came out, the first letter was written by Mr. Anderson, um, basically sanctioning any players for participating. And I have to tell you, Mike, it was shocking to me. It was hurtful. It was shocking. Uh, somebody that I thought we were friends or becoming friends. I mean, I knew about, you know, his family. He had, you know, he had a very good idea of my family. Those type of discussions, having meals together. And then um, it was surprising that that letter was sent out without any re any effort on their part to reach out to us to find a resolution. And that's where it started to, you know, roll into this big mess that we're in right now. When in this timeline did you make the decision that you weren't going to hold the event as the the world championship, but that you were going to hold it as a non-world championship? Or when did you accept that you were not going to be able to hold it as a world championship? Um, after, you know, Mr. Anderson or Ian, after he had sent out that letter, um, there was no reaching out from the WPA. I had um, called, emailed our WPA representative, Skip. Um, no call, no email back. Um, he did, I'm sorry, he did write me saying that he had a family affair that I needed to talk to Skip. I, mean, I needed to talk to Ian, excuse me. Um, and, you know, I tried to call him to have a discussion, but it was not. It was apparently not a good time to go ahead and reach out to him. So I reached out to Ian at that point, um, and Ian and I and I spoke, and you know we were very candid with each other. What can we do to go ahead and get this done? Um, and basically, he said it was very simple. You just need to change the name. You need to get the word "world" out of there, and you know. I have to tell you the truth is I was hesitant. You know, there's the Beijing, you know, world, whatever, nine ball open. There's the Amway world, you know, I don't know, nine ball, something else. There's a lot of events with world. And Amway is a great example of the same situation that we're in. Um, Amway used to be the world nine ball championship. Then they decided not to renew their contract and they decided to do their own thing but kept the word world in there. Um, so, you know, we had this discussion. Ian explained to me, you know what, we've got somebody, you know, we've got many parties who are very interested in um, hosting this for next year and it would be, you know, a big event for the women. And, and that's what got to me. I said, you know what, we'll go ahead and change our name. Okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and change our name. And then at that point, I said, you know, this is a compromise. What can you do to help us? And I'm thinking, you need to send out a relief. You need to go ahead and, you know, so forth. And at that point, he mentioned, 
Well, there is this thing called a members event. Or a member, I believe it's a members event. And okay. I was like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've never heard of this. Because if this is an option that was available, he could have told us this when we first nego- when we first discussed with them, oh, we want to host an event in, here in the States. Because I contacted them. You know, before that letter went out, I contacted them, letting them know of the exact title, of the exact terms of what the tournament would be about. I emailed them, and they said, you don't fall into the added money category, so we can't sanction the event. Not even, you know, um, half-point sanctioning or whatever they do in terms of the sanctioning levels that they have. So, you know, to us, we didn't think it would be possible, and then he brought up this option. We can make this into a member's event. I'm like, what's a members event? <laughs> and then he went into explaining what a members event was. Um, My understanding is it's similar to what the WPBA used to have in a satellite event where you still want to do something to support the, the tour or the WPA and allow the players someplace to play, but you can't come with the kind of added money that's required for uh, – a major event. Um, is that right? Um, I believe so. I've never been sent a description of what it was exactly. I've just been verbally told and just, you know, an outline. Um, and so, you know, he said, yeah, this, that could be possible. We'll make it into a member's event. And then, you know, then everybody would be happy basically. But you need to go ahead and change the name, he said. I said, okay, well, I'll get back to you on that. Um, so of course, you know, I, I'm not making that decision on my own. So I had this long discussion with Charlie and basically at that point, you know, the decision is made, well, you know what, if we can make this into a member's event and they can go ahead and get a world 10 ball championship with the added money that, you know, the players would love to play in and so forth, then yeah, let's do it. And the only stipulation that he's ever told me was change the name. Don't hold another Women's World 10-Ball Championship. And so at that point, um, I think like a day or a day or two later, you know, had passed. So I wrote to Ian because I was expecting for Ian to get back to me saying, you know, oh, we're all good to go. Um, I wrote and I wrote to Ian, is there, you know, what's going on? Are we, are we good to go? We're good to go on our end. Um, and at that point, he took a step back and was basically, you change the name and, you know, I will, you know, talk to the BCA and, you know, make recommendations and so forth. And which was a little shocking to me. Actually, not a little. It was very shocking to me <laughs> because when we had spoken, he's the one that brought up the idea and he's the one that offered that idea. So, yeah, it was it was really surprising. Um so at that point, you know, I'm like, okay, roll with the punches. I'm going to go ahead and call Shane over at the BCA. Um, I called Shane. I spoke with him. And then Shane, you know, basically is telling me, you know, in his words, he tells me, it's, I said, let's go ahead and send out a joint release. I think it shows that we're working together and we're moving forward. And, you know, it, it would just be, great PR for everybody. It's great PR for pool. And then he says, you know, they want you to go ahead and send out the release first with the name change. That's what he said. 
I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, well, they want you to send out the release with the name change, and then they'll follow with the, we'll follow with the release. You know, at that point, you know, my heart's pounding, and I'm just going, wait a minute, what's going on? This, this just sounds a little fishy, but, you know, do I, do I move forward and hope for the best? And then he puts the line, and he says, Cindy, you need to show good faith. Show a good faith effort and do the release first. And I don't foresee any problems with it make, for us making it a members event, he said. So. If I read the situation correctly, it's not the name change that really has the WPA up in arms. It's representing the event as the same event that ran five years in the Philippines. You know what? And, and you know what? That's, that's a good point. Um, and I, I have to tell you, after we did our name change, um, well, after we wrote out our release, we wrote out the release, and I sent a copy of that release over to Shane over at the BCA, letting him know this is the release that's going out. And he had every opportunity to let me know if there was any changes that he needed for me to make on there. And he never reached out to me. He never emailed me. He never called me. He never did anything. So in my, in my perspective, I have, first in the morning, I have a conversation with him. He's telling me, Cindy, show good faith. Do, you know, do the release. Do the name change. You know, go forward and do all that. I'm like, okay. And then he said, oh, our release will come out right away. Don't worry. You know, show good faith. That's, that's what he kept saying to me. And, um, and then, you know, we tried calling him for days after the release went out, like days. Um, finally reached him. He's on his way to, I believe it was Orlando, maybe. And he says, I'm not going to be in the office till Friday, I think he said. You need to speak with Bob Johnson. And so I'm like, okay. I literally call him, email him, text him for days and no response. And I had never spoken to Rob before. And so I'm still reaching out to him. The only reason I believe he emailed me back is because I literally had to call Ian Anderson and say, Ian, I don't know what's going on. I'm lost. I've reached out to you to see if you can have him respond or have an open communication with me. And at that point, Rob Johnson sent me an email saying that he was unhappy with the release and he will not communicate anymore. And, and that's, that was it. Okay. And, and, you know, we're kind of, you know, you and I talk about the release because you wrote it and I read it. Uh, but listeners to the show may not necessarily have read it because we did not run it on AZ Billiards. We knew from what was going on back and forth on the event that it was going to be a problem. So, and, and and when I say we knew it was going to be a problem, it's because there's verbiage in the press release that states that you guys are proudly bringing the event to the U.S. from the Philippines and that it's the sixth running of the event. And and it's it's referring to the event as if it were a continuation of the Women's World Ten Ball Championship. 
I asked Ian his opinion last night on this, and he wouldn't give it because he said, I, I don't know. So I'll ask you, why would you present in the PR that it was the sixth running of the world championship when you knew it wasn't, and you had already agreed with Charlie that, okay, let's just do what we can, and if they can find someone to run the Women's World 10-Ball Championship, that would be better for everyone. I think when it comes down to it, um, you know, we're a marketing company. We market our events, and we do what we need to do to market it and make the event look glamorous. Um, and for us, it is the sixth women's event we've ever done. Um, you know, we verbally went out there and we announced the fact that we are changing the name. We announced the fact that this one is not going to be called the Women's World 10-Ball Championship. We are changing it to the Women's International 10-Ball Championship. Um, the WPA... After seeing the release, Ian sends out a release saying, we will allow for the players to go play in the event. Um, the BCA, for days, does not say anything to us until like two or three days later, after the release goes out, even though they had the release before it went out and had an opportunity to go ahead and put in any suggestions or any issues that they foresaw. Um, Ian saw the release, noted to me on an email that he wasn't happy with the verbiage, but still wrote to the Federation to allow for the players to come play in the event. So all of those actions showed to me that, okay, I understand that this is the sixth women's event that we're conducting. And so with doing that, um, we felt that, okay, we're not, we're not hearing anything from anybody. No one's contacted us for over a week or 10 days. So we go ahead and we continue to fill our field, continue to do what we need to do. And the last letter from Ian Anderson that came out came out of the blue. Like, I was not even expecting it. I didn't know about it until somebody from the press called me, you know, um, to go ahead and ask for our thoughts on it. And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, I mean, our release went out. I mean, the timeline is pretty pretty clear. An email was sent to the BCA. The BCA does not respond for three days, I believe. I speak with Ian the day the release goes out and let him know the name change has happened. Can you send out the letter to the Federation? And he said, of course. And he sends out the letter to the Federation. A day later, or two days later, I contact him saying the BCA is still not calling us. I can't get in contact with them. Can you help in any way to go ahead and reach out to them? And, and then at that point, at the end of my conversation, hey, Ian, by the way, can you please send me a copy of that letter that you sent out to the Federation? He said, absolutely. And then he sent me a copy of that letter, and I saw it the next day. And when I saw the letter in the next day, my jaw kind of dropped. And it's ironic because in his email to me, you know, he, he writes in his email something very interesting. He says, the letter had a bit more in it than I really wanted. So I feel like he wrote it out of either frustration or anger, but still wrote it, but 
it contradicted really what he wanted to say, and then, but still sent it out. So the letter was out there. And then after that, zero communication from anybody until his third letter. So this was still the letter that uh, informed the federations, the European Federation, the Asian Federation, and other federations that the WPA was going to allow their players to compete in the event. Correct. Okay, and then the third letter came out, which is the letter that came out this week that talked about the the point penalties for players. So basically it, it went back on... And, 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 and can you explain real, the timeline, the letter, the second letter, your PR, and then the third letter? Because I know that the third letter came out after your PR, but the second letter came out before your PR, correct? No. <laughs> Sorry, but it's, it's a little confusing. So um, the name change release came out um, the, very, the very same night Ian sent out his letter to his federations okaying for the players to play because Dragon Promotions has changed their name. Then he sends me a copy of that, I guess, second letter. On that same day, I get a letter from the BCA saying that they don't want to discuss, they don't want to have any discussions with me, but ironically, we have not had any thus far with Rob Johnson. Um, and then, like, 10 days later, this third letter comes out, but there's been zero communication between myself or the WPA or the BCA. Okay. Um, in all, going back to my, my question, I understand that it's your job to, to market and promote your events to give them as much prestige as possible, but isn't it a bit misleading to say this is the sixth event that we've ran for women, which, I mean, you guys have ran other events for women. There were invitational events and there were things like that. So it, you can see where the perception would be the players would believe this was the women, the sixth world, Women's World Ten Ball Championship. Yes, I agree with you. Okay. Absolutely. If Ian came to us and said, Cindy, this has to change or we're going to have to go ahead and not allow for the players to play. If he had said that to me, if he had said anything of that sort or communicated how unhappy they were with us, then I don't believe we would be in this situation. I believe I would have said, okay, we'll go ahead and halt that PR and we'll move forward and do the event. I don't believe I would have been unreasonable and I, I would hope that he would know me well enough to know that I'm not unreasonable but my point is he never reached out to tell me that this is causing him so much problem and he needed help to go ahead and get this resolved instead he takes the steps to go ahead and sanction players from playing and jeopardize all these players who have purchased their tickets to New York and like everybody agreed, it's expensive. Sure. All these players who booked their hotels already, all these players who've already paid their entry, he would, at this point, would go ahead and put all of that burden on these individual players then to reach out to me 
and say, Cindy, we need to do something about this. And I, and I really hoped that with the first experience of our changing of our name, because that went very smoothly. There was no arguing or screaming. Not, it's never like that between Ian and I. It's very calm. Cindy, you know, we really need this. Okay, Ian, you know, I really need help with this. That's the conversation. Um, they never called, texted, emailed, and he has all of my numbers. He never, he never did that for the first letter either. You know, we had to find the first letter and then try to see what was wrong, you know, what was going on with this and get this resolved. And so this came from the blind side completely. Okay. And again, with all due respect, I, I have not, you know, I didn't ask Ian what the timeline was and, and what, you know, what negotiations took place with you. But I mean, let's be honest, there have been other events that have been, I'm going to say misrepresented. You may not believe they were misrepresented, but you know, there is a, a 14-1 event that takes place every year that some players believe is a world championship when it's not a WPA world championship. I mean, you could see where this could appear to Ian as if, okay, here we go again. This is going to be just like the 14-1, and it's going to be splitting hairs as to, is it a world championship? Is it not a world championship? You know, and, and that's a good point that you're bringing up. And, you know, the World Straight Pool Championship is very interesting. You know, that's an event that we had started, we had created, you know, um, the added money that we're required to go ahead and continue to sanctioning that with the WPA was an extremely high amount for straight pull. Um, almost every year, I go back to Ian and I say, our added money is 30000 this year, Ian. Can we make it into a world championship? Almost every year, well, every year, he's always said, oh, no, it's not enough. And I always point out to him, you know, this 14-1 is not played in all the continents. And he agrees with me. Yes, it's not played in all the continents. And, I, and then I tell, I tell him, there's no demand for it with anybody else. It really is just the U.S. And he agrees with me. And right. I say to him, and I say to him, I said, is it possible that this might be a discipline that could be considered similar to your trick shot event? The trick shot event, you understand the demand that's out there. And because you understand what the demand is, you know, I believe it's like a 5,000 added. That, and that's, and he tells me, yes, I think it's, it, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it's 5,000 added. And they make it into a world, world championship trick shot event. And so I, I ask him that every year. Why, why is it that this can't be classified similar to your trick shot event? The demand isn't there. And this is one way to go ahead and bring interest to, you know, 14-1, where right now it's a dying sport. And so there's been no interest. No one's been, no one's been pressured. And so we moved on and we go ahead and do anything. Is it better not to have a World Straight Pool Tournament then? Is it better not to go ahead and, you know, try to go ahead and keep a dis discipline alive? Or is it better to just go ahead and do it and build up the interest? And I believe straight pool, there's a lot of interest 
I mean, we have some sponsors like Dr. Fedak, who relentlessly sponsors the event, and he gets nothing from it. He just loves straight pool and doesn't want to see it die. And we have many other sponsors just like him. So, I mean, that's, I guess that would be the, I don't want to call it the argument, but that would be the discussion. Do you, do you get rid of it and not do it because there's just not enough money in it? Or are you in the business of keeping something, a discipline alive? And, and how many years did you run the event when it was uh, sanctioned as the WPA World Straight Pool Championship? Oh, gosh. My memory isn't too good after the two kids, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say three, three years. Three years. And those were... Those were brutal three years. Our first year, we did it over at the Hilton. Uh, we had the roof over at the Hilton. Um, they were doing roof construction, and it was raining. And, we, and literally, there was like rain coming down onto the pool tables. It, it just, it was, it was brutal. I just wanted to run away. <laughs> um, and then we had the big, you know, flooding over in New Jersey with Sandy coming through. Um, our ballroom was flooded in um, because we had a basement blood um, ballroom. It was flooded in, and you know, but we still pulled it off. We were still able to go ahead and do it. Um, other years, we barely had any money to go ahead and run the event. I mean, it was literally a skeleton crew. But is it the discussion that I've always had with our sponsors or you know with Charlie? Is is it better not to do it? and leave a year blank and lose the loyalty and lose, you know, all these people who are building an interest or is it better to even do it in a small pool room and continue and hope to go ahead and keep the interest of these individuals and move forward? Well, and I think personally, I, I, definitely applaud the effort to continue running an event even without it being a world championship i don't that's not where i think the issue is i think again the issue is coming down to to wording and semantics it you guys are running the biggest 141 event of the year but that's i don't want to take away from that but it's not a world championship i mean uh, a world championship is an event that is sanctioned by the governing body, the WPA. Now, there are people who may want to argue that, but, I mean, there's a there are guidelines in place for that very reason. If you don't agree that the WPA should be the body that sanctions those events, then come up with a better organization. But, you know, while we still have the WPA, it has to be sanctioned by the WPA as a world championship. I don't have an issue with you guys running an event and keeping that discipline alive. It's representing that event as the furthering of an event that's been going on for 70-some years or a world championship that personally, and and I believe other people within the industry have an issue with. And that goes hand-in-hand with the problem that we're having today with the Women's World 10-Ball and the International 10-Ball. Can I ask you? Sure. 
would it be would it be better not to do the event or not to have a world championship event then? And and you're asking my opinion, so yeah, because there's nobody else doing it. Nobody else is stepping up to the plate and saying, "We'll take the financial risk because it's always been a money loss. It's always been a loss for everybody who's done a straight pool tournament. It's <laughs> I don't play pool, but sitting there and watching it sometimes. It's a little difficult for me. Oh, sure. Um, but especially straight pool. So you tell, you know, for me, you know, we, like I said, we had that discussion. No one's stepping up to doing it. The WPA wasn't doing it. The BCA wasn't doing it. There was no promoter doing any event with straight pool in it. In all fairness, yes, Dragon Promotions is the only company that I'm aware of that has ran any sort of major, and don't get me wrong, there are state championships and there are big events out there, but Dragon has has routinely for the last years produced the largest 14-1 event of the year. To, to answer your question, no, it would not be good for the discipline itself for your event to go away, but at the same time, is it good for the sport for you to just be able to say, I understand that we don't have the sanctioning of the WPA, and I understand that we're not uh, holding this event to the guidelines that the WPA has in place for a world championship, but we've decided that it's going to be a world championship anyway. And I think in this situation with a discipline that is being extinguished basically slowly dying out um you try to bring as much pr and marketing as you can and i'm in the business as a marketer and a promoter i need to go ahead and bring interest if i called it the i don't know the you know the northwest straight pool tournament does that have as much as interest prestige and you know notoriety as the world, you know, 14-1 tournament? No, I don't think so. You're marketing and you're marketing in the name. And this particular discipline has no interest. I don't want to, I'm sorry, not no one, has very little interest, decreasing interest. And you do what you have to do to market. And that was what we started to market with. That was the event that we started with. And we continue to market it because there's a following. So do you go ahead and throw that marketing value away and, and all of the, everything else we've done, throw it to the side and start with something new and then just keep your fingers crossed that it's going to build up? Or do you continue with something to go ahead and build it? You know, that, that particular event has, has been the, one of the hardest events that we've ever worked with and we never gave up we never gave up running that event till five six in the morning the first year when the rain came down five six in the morning players coming down to play at four in the morning and running the tournament practically 24 hours and then having to go to a pool room you know a couple years later because there was zero funding and all we can add in is a hundred dollars and all we got, you know, and I know the critics that are out there, but 
at this point in marketing the event, what do you do? You make the hard decisions. And we really, and I truly still until this day feel that that event, if we changed, if we changed and move forward with, you know, Northwest Drape Pool event and so forth, I do feel that, you know, you're working with a brand new event and it's a lot of work to go ahead and build it up. And would it have survived? I don't know. A, a statement and a question. Um, sure. And again, when I make the statement, this is Mike Howerton's opinion. But there, my belief is there's more to a world championship than marketing value. Um, a world championship, you know, it has been said once a world champion, always a world champion, you know. Um, uh, Mika is not a former world nine ball champion. Mika is a world nine ball champion. He'll always be a world nine ball champion. That is a major uh, accomplishment for a player. So again, my opinion, a world championship is more than marketing value. But And my question to you is, do you believe that were you to rebrand the event as the international 14-1 championship or, or something similar that there are players who would not play in it who would have played when they believed it was the world championship? Mm. I think the players are very smart. All the players know exactly what's going on. They, you know, there's all these social media now, all the players are close friends with each other. They've been on tour together. They know exactly what's going on. So, you know, the player's decision is their own decision on if they wanted to play in the event for whatever reasons they had. Um, I'm going to share a story with you that I wasn't planning on sharing with, um, regarding with the trick shot event with Tom Rossman. Um, many years ago, many meaning like two, three years ago, I had spoken to Tom about bringing the trick shot event and doing the world trick shot event and then, you know, licensing it, you know, doing a multi-year contract and so forth. He was all for it. And I was going to go ahead and add in more than $5,000 into it. Um, the WPA would not allow for that contract to go through. And the only thing that he could tell me was that WPA will not go into a multi-year contract with this, with Dragon Promotions even though I was able to go ahead and meet all the requirements that they had wanted and more. Um, and with the straight pull, you know, we've added over 30,000 into the straight pull event. Added money 30,000 into a straight pull event, it's a, it's a feat. <laughs> it's, it's not easy to do, but, you know, we've been, you know, very fortunate and blessed with, you know, the sponsors that we have to go ahead and do that. And like I said, every year I go back to the WPA and every year I ask them every year because, you know, to me, you know, if we can go ahead and work together to go ahead and grow a discipline, a sport, then I think that's what you should do. And that's our goal. But if we're unable to reach terms and they're unwilling to work with us, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing. But realistically, if the players are intelligent enough to know that 
there's still 30,000 in added money or there's 10,000 or 20,000 or whatever and and they can make their decision based on the hard numbers you're looking at one time and 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 when I say this I'm referring to both events you're looking at one time rebranding this event as something other than a world championship and now you're out from under that. You're you're you no longer have to negotiate with the WPA. Yeah, it it may, it may take a marketing hit in that it doesn't have as much prestige to win the title, but it gives you the opportunity to build your own titles that can be almost as prestigious as a world championship. Um, I think it's better said than for anyone to actually do that. I think it's easier said said than actually for it to actually happen. Um, we're not we're not in you know the NFL. We're not in golf. We're not in tennis. You know we're not in those type of sports that you know when you have the backings of millions and millions of dollars behind you to do it. So you know this is you know, the pool industry is so delicate that every little thing helps everything and every little thing could hurt it it's such a small industry it's that it's a very small pie compared to all these other big sports like football and basketball um and it's also very delicate so i guess it's a matter of opinion at this point and 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 let's let's bring it back around to the issue at hand, the the international women's international ten ball championship. Um, where we sit now, as far as I understand, is the same place we sat yesterday, where players who compete in the event are looking at forfeiting any WPA points. It, it's a hefty penalty uh, for, and it seems to be targeted at the upper echelon players because those players are the ones who would be losing the most. It was said by Ian in our interview, which you may not have had the opportunity to listen to yet, that if you were to simply come out with PR that stated this is the inaugural Women's International 10-Ball Championship, we are very pleased to start a new tradition, and certainly I'm paraphrasing, but you know we're proud to, to launch this inaugural event. Um, and in no way market it as the Women's World 10-Ball Championship. Ian said if that were to happen, that he would be more than happy to to do away with any penalties. He would, he would help, he would want to see the event succeed. It seems like everybody goes away happy if you guys will simply write that PR. So is that possible? Um... I, I think anything is possible, and it's it's really um, sad at this point for you to be in the middle to go ahead and relay that message, <laughs> or that your interview that you had with them to relay that message to me. Um, it's, it, I mean, it, it's done so much damage, and you know, not just damage to the event, but damage to our name the hate mail that we're getting, um, you know, we're getting it from both sides. We're getting, you know, the, the, 
I guess the release that was sent out yesterday, um, the amount of, you know, flurries of forum talks and, you know, I, I never followed the forum, but, you know, I have friends calling me about it. Did you see this? Did you see this? You know, he's done so much damage that he could have just given me a call and then it could have been resolved. But he, he chose to go ahead and do this public forum to go ahead and get that done. And it baffles me. It just really baffles me why it's so difficult for, you know, the WPA, the BCA to just reach out and call. And ironically, you know, people are, you know, people will say, oh, it's, you know, you know, they're always putting blame on Charlie. But the reason I agreed to do the interview with you today, um, actually, you had asked Charlie to do the interview. I and did. I said to Charlie, yeah, yeah. And I said to Charlie, no, I'm the one that negotiated with all these people. I should do the interview. I know exactly the timeline and I know exactly what was said to me in promise. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the thick of things. I should do the interview. And I don't like speaking in public. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and all of that, it, it could have just been done and over with. It could have been so easy. It could have been so smooth. Um, if he had just reached out even the first time. And I am what, less than a month away. And, you know, at this point, do, you know, the question that I, you know, have asked myself is, do I go, do I move forward with the event or do I chalk it up and say, you know what, I guess it's a loss and we just write it off and you, you move forward. And, and then you have to ask yourself, who's going who is this going to hurt? Well, all the players who've already purchased their tickets and who've done all that arrangement and so forth, those are the players that are going to be hurt. You know, not the WPA, not the BCA. The players are going to get hurt. Right. And that's, and that's what I weigh more than anything else. Mike, I have swallowed my pride multiple times with these gentlemen. I have been hung up pretending that somebody picked up the phone and pretending that he was not on the line, saying he has a bad connection and then hanging up. I have had that happen to me. I have had people tell me things and then things not happening after I've been promised. Um, I have swallowed my pride. I can't even tell you how many times. To go ahead and reach out to people after the types of letters that have gone out to swallow my pride and still go ahead and try to work with those individuals. It's not an easy thing for, for me. Maybe it is for other people, but it's not easy, but I try to put an effort. I try as hard as I can. Um, and, and, <laughs> and I can, you know, I can hear the exasperation in your voice. Um, you're in a tough position. You personally are in a very difficult position. What I'm hearing from you is, look, we have produced and promoted event after event after event, and we have continued to give the players a place to to compete and show their ability and win a little bit of prize money and 
why does it have to be this difficult every time we want to do something? On the other side of that coin, you've got to remember, and I, I say this with all the respect in the world, you have to remember that people are looking at this and, and it, people within the industry are saying, here we go again. The, it's, I mean, look, you're the CEO of a company that doesn't have the best reputation in the billiards world. Whether that reputation is deserved or not is not a conversation I want to have right now. But, you know, there, there have been shenanigans in the past or perceived shenanigans. I would put forth the notion that it would be better for the entire industry, including the WPA, the BCA, you, the players, even us, the media, if we simply all got together and said, look, there's not going to be a Women's World 10-Ball Championship this year. Um, It just couldn't happen. The WPA is working on it. They're hoping to have something next year. On the other hand, Dragon Promotions is going to put on this event. Let's all get behind it. Let's all treat this event as what it is. It's a brand new event. It's Dragon still trying to give the players some place to play. Let's promote it. Let's get the word out. Let's get positive word out. Let's let the players know about it. And let's make sure that it's a successful event. Not that it's a world championship, but that it's a successful event. Now, I know I'm asking a lot, but it seems to me that would be the best case scenario for all parties concerned. Now, how that would happen, I have no idea. Um, I'm, I think, you know, throughout this whole process, I have made myself very available to anybody that wants to go ahead and discuss, to compromise, to find a solution. I've made myself available to everybody and I've made it known to everybody. There's nothing, there's no back agenda over here for me. I've made it clear to everybody, I'm looking to find a solution for this. I've reached out to these men. I've, like I said, called, text, whatever. If I have to send smoke signals, I would have done it. (laughs) (laughs) But if they refuse to call me back, text me back, email me back, how do you get anything done? It's, I'm alone, and that's how I feel. I feel alone. These individuals that I've tried to work with won't give the courtesy to call back or the courtesy to go ahead and start a discussion. All that's happened thus far is they react. They throw something out there and they react, not to go ahead and find a solution for it. But what what has that done? It's only hurt the event. It's only hurt pool. And it's only hurting the players. And like I said to you, I've always been open for a discussion. And I'm not saying I'm not right now, but you're asking me, you know, are you open to it? Of course, I've always been. It's, I, and I just, you know, it's. <laughs> I, I understand. I, it, it, you know, it, <laughs> I don't know what else to do unless I go over there and knock on their door. <laughs> and they're going to think I'm stalking them. <laughs> but I mean, I've. I've gone as far as to feeling like I was stalking these people because I've called between Shane and Rob Johnson, both, both from the PCA. I made a total of 
22 emails, phone calls, and texts. 22. Every time I call, I write in my notebook, call this time, email this time. 22 times. I've spoken to Shane three of those times. I've spoken to Rob zero. I've called Skip, emailed him, so forth. He's emailed me back regarding the event twice. And then after all of this stuff happened, I've called him to discuss, so forth. He's texted me, basically. And, and I, I texted him, I'm having a hard time getting in touch with Ian. Is there any way for you to get a word to him? I mean, that's how desperate I've been. Right. Please. I mean, I'm calling, you know, his mother's mother's mother <laughs> to say, can you please have him call me? I'm calling, I'm calling Skip and Ian to go ahead and try to get a response from the BCA. Uh, again, I, I certainly do not envy the position that you have. Um, it, it just seems like uh, a difficult position when it comes to what it is that you're trying to accomplish in the pool world. Um, again, I, I have hopes that this can all be worked out um, with with what we know about what the issue is and you know with the understanding from the previous conversation which again you're right it should not have come down to to me to bring you that information but with that in mind and i'm i'm hoping to you know i'm trying to tie this up with a, a nice bright bow um <laughs> with that in mind um Cindy, I'm Mike with AZ Billiards. Uh, I understand you guys are running a, a major event in New York, the Women's International Ten Ball Championship. That's uh, not a world championship, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, but but with that aside, I, I wish you all the luck with that event. Um, hopefully, all the players will be able to play in it. Understanding that it's not a world championship, but it's a new event that still offers. Uh, 40-some thousand dollars in prize money. Um, I, I want to break from, from that real quick. The question has been asked, and, and in all fairness, I would like to ask the same question. Uh, the the figures on the tournament, the 40, I don't know, 42,000 or something like that in total prize money, is that dependent on entry fees? Is that based on 64 players? And if so, does that figure, is it lower if you don't get 64 players? God forbid you don't get 64 players. Um, it's based on 48 players. Oh, okay. Um, with, with 16 qualifying spots. Um, you know, with everything that's out there with Dragon Promotions, we've never been late on a payment. We've never bounced a check. We have never had any financial issues. We have never had any financial issues with any players. Um the minute they're done, they get a check and they walk away and they can cash it. They can do whatever with it. And the reason why we've never ran into any financial issues with that is because we know what we're going to guarantee and we promise. And the figure comes out to be 45000 because it's 48 players guaranteed with the spot. And then we add in 20000 Actually, it's 20500 The 16 qualifying spots, we don't put that into the calculation because we're not sure if we're going to fill the 16 spots, if we're going to be able to get the entry for $500 and some dollars. 
we might not get any of it. And we don't want to go ahead and reduce the money. We don't want to play around with the money. We want the players, when they see the prize money, for them to know exactly what they're coming to play for. We want to be black and white with that. And so that's, I know there's, a lot of, there's been a lot of questions with how that breakdown is done, but that's how it's done. And, it's, and we're not the only tournament that's ever done it this way. There's many big tournaments over in Asia that do it this way. Um, this way, it takes away the question of, you know, are we going to go ahead and get paid out the exact money that's been promised? Right. So it's it's basically 20,000 added and the figures that we're seeing out there are based on 48 players which you anticipate having 48 players signed up uh you know weeks before the event. Um yes, but you know like you and I are fully aware at this point with the letter that the WPA has sent out um you know, those figures of players that are coming coming to play um, will most likely go down. And we are guaranteeing the 48 players player payout no matter what. We can have two player payout, two players playing, and we'll guarantee that money. Okay. If we get 49 players, we're still guaranteeing that money. But, you know, let's say we got one person to qualify for $50. You know, that's different. So we're guaranteeing the amount that's been published. So everybody knows that we're not going to go, you know, reducing the prize fund because we don't fill it. It was never done that. Um, so I think that question that's out there, I think a lot of people are asking, I think it's almost, it's a little bit offensive to me only because we've never had any financial questions where we've never, we've never, not paid out the amount that we've promised. That's never been an issue. Well, as as you and I probably both know, when it comes to the billiards industry, there are some things where the members of the billiards world have a perfect memory over 30 or 40 years, and there are some things that people in the industry have a very short memory of. So <laughs> that's that's an unfortunate part of the billiards world. Um, oh yes. Well, again, Cindy, I I appreciate you taking the time. This certainly went a lot longer than I anticipated, uh, but I appreciate you explaining your side of the situation. Uh, I think you and I are just going to have to agree to disagree on the fourteen one thing, but I'm all right with that. Um, mm-hmm. I I wish you, you know, I personally hope that this whole issue that brought this thing out this week can be resolved. I hope the event is able to succeed on its own merits and the players aren't penalized for playing in it. Uh, Hopefully that's what can happen. Um, Again, I do not envy the position that you play in this industry, but somebody's got to do it and better you do it than me do it. Um, I I appreciate you taking the time with us today. and, and hopefully we will be able to announce very soon that this whole debacle is behind us. Great. Thank you for having me, Mike. I really appreciate this opportunity. All right. Thanks. Uh, you have a good night, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. All right, everybody. That was Cindy Lee, the CEO of Dragon Promotions, and... Hopefully that's shed some light on the situation now from both ends. 
Um, stay tuned next week. I'm not sure who we'll have on the show. It may not be as interesting as everything that went on this week, but stay tuned next week. We'll talk to you then. Thanks.